Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the Lightspeed Magazine Story Podcast. I am Jim Freund, your host. Lightspeed Magazine is edited by John Joseph Adams and our podcast is produced by Skyboat Media. This week's story is Voice of Their Generation by Andrew Dana Hudson, narrated by Paul Bamer. This work is copyright 2020. Andrew Dana Hudson's fiction has appeared in Lightspeed, Slate Future Tense, Terraform, MIT Technology Review, Little Blue Marble, and others, as well as in a variety of anthologies and collections. He co-wrote Sunshine State, which won the 2016 Everything Changed Climate Fiction Contest, and his story, Mend and Make Do, was runner-up in the 2017 Writing the Future Contest. He is a fellow in the Arizona State University Center for Science and the Imagination's Imaginary College. He is an associate editor of Oasis, a journal of anti-capitalist thought in the desert. He lives in Tempe, Arizona. So, stay safe and buckle up. We're going to light speed. Voice of Their Generation by Andrew Dana Hudson. On their ninth rewrite of the third act of Detective Pikachu versus Predator, it occurred to Thicket that they might just be the voice of their generation. In a fever, they swiped together the final epic speech where Detective Pikachu refutes Predator's cynical attempts to turn him against his human partner, arguing that the Pokémon relationship with humanity was one not of servitude, but of guardianship, for every Pokémon can see within each human the potential to rise above their flawed nature to embody something the world truly needs. Hope. It doesn't matter how many times you space jerks try to knock humanity down. Detective Pikachu said, voiced by John Stamos, because when they fall, we Pokémon will be there to catch them. We catch them all. Tears streamed down Thicket's face as they hit, submit. They had hated the algorithm the first six times it had kicked back their copy, but now Thicket could see that all that rejection was exactly the push they had needed to make them really do this story right. Thicket was awed by their own genius, the hyper-productive fugue of the last few hours. It had been like being unleashed, like seeing the deep code behind all language, the ley lines of meaning, and reaching out to knot those ley lines together into something perfect and glowing and sharp as a stiletto. If only Thicket could bottle that feeling, or, aha! Capture it in a Pokeball. To be deployed at will, they would surely rise through the ranks of the machine-assisted storytelling, massed, platform. 
be able to compete for mid-tier franchise possibilities, get noticed, reach millions, really speak to people, voice of their generation. But Thicket knew there was no bottle that could hold the font of pure creation. No noatropic cocktails, no shortcuts, no easy answers. Thicket just had to do the work, but that's why, for all the banal consistency and alien novelty algorithms could produce, Mast still needed humans in the mix. Only humans could understand the moral core of a story, character, or fandom, like how Thicket had seen that Venom Pirates of the Caribbean across symbiote seas was really about reclaiming the aesthetics of manifest destiny for queer liberation. Brave inner honesty was required, a willingness to reckon with the burden of being a person in the world, because stories, whether about Pokémon or cat girls or slime girls or scroll wizards or haunted mecha suits, were always about people. These potent truths rolled over Thicket while they refreshed their email, waiting for the Mast approval confirmation to come in. Mast owned the rights and data for a vast trove of daring intellectual property crossovers. It was a gold rush of potential stories to be brought to life by Mast proprietary deep-make video technology. Anyone could stake their claim with a high-quality spec script, if their treatment passed muster with Mast's QA algorithm. Thicket considered taking a break, maybe ordering a CBD chai from the sleepy barista, at least getting up to stretch. They had seen a tweet talk the other day about a fellow master who had died of deep vein thrombosis after a marathon session plotting out seven seasons of Where the Red Fern Gully Grows, which was now being optioned by Disney XD. Now Thicket, too, had gone late into the night, judging by the moonlit pallor of the wall screens. Animated foxes, reading in cozy armchairs, twitched their tails in time to the Starbucks lo-fi chill beats to study to, paragons of relaxed focus that Thicket both admired and resented. The email arrived. Thicket pounced for it, but stopped, finger hovering over the chin-stroking, thinky-face emoji in the subject line. They opened it but knew already what the message within would say. Thanks for your contribution, but this wasn't quite what we're looking for. Here's some tips for making your story the very best it can be. Thicket went to the bathroom, waved their hands under all the taps until the water was a white noise shush, then crouched down with their head between their knees and quietly screamed. Ten rejections. Ten variations of Predator and Detective Pikachu playing cat and mouse, matching wits in an abandoned power plant or atop the Eiffel Tower, the hunter becoming the hunted, all to feed and please Mast's black box content maw. All spat out. Did Thicket have the fortitude to attempt an eleventh? Yes, 
Thicket decided they'd crack this. Tonight. Thicket zoomed out of the third act and scrapped the Pichu flashbacks voiced by Haley Joel Osmond, the comic relief of the magnet train between Goldenrod and Saffron City, even Predator's tragic love story with Magmar, whose fiery body was the most beautiful thing the extraterrestrial's infrared vision had ever seen. While developing these scenes had been an important part of the creative process, Thicket could now see that they were extraneous, distractions that neither advanced the plot nor made the audience really fall in love with the characters. Not good enough. Swiping away story bits with abandon, Thicket got the eleventh draft down to a tight eighty-seven minutes. Then they revisited the third act, really punched up Predator's dialogue. We're not so different, Detective, Predator said, now voiced by Idris Elba, whose premium audio package Thicket had been saving for a rainy day. We both thrill to the chase above all else. Join me. Together no prey could elude us. The universe is full of wonders. Let's take to the stars and hunt them all. Thicket then forced himself to buy a marshmallow dream bar and watch the whole thing at four times speed using the blocky preview tool. Even without deep-make hyperrealism, Thicket was entertained. The script beats popped. This was the one, voice of their generation. Again, Mast kicked it back. Try again. Every contribution helps Mast learn about the kinds of stories you care about. The reject email said, can you watch my stuff a minute? Thicket asked the girl at the table next to them, who lifted their headphones from one ear and nodded noncommittally. Thicket went outside, did thirty jumping jacks in the Starbucks parking lot, shoved their face into the snow. For the twelfth draft, Thicket dialed the violence way up. No more PG-appropriate near-misses with Predator's spear gun. No more plasma caster bursts deflected by Charizard's flamethrower attack. This time, Detective Pikachu led a kill squad of the meanest, toughest mercs on the Indigo Plateau. For twenty minutes, Thicket fell down a casting rabbit hole trying to find just the right multicultural combination of actors and Pokémon to get ripped apart in the Viridian Forest, blood splattering across clusters of uncaring metapods. It didn't matter. Mast flagged the explicit content as disqualifying for the expected franchise fanbase of youth ages 11 to 21. Even if Mast had signed off on the script, none of the distribution platforms would want it. On the thirteenth draft, lucky thirteen, Thicket deleted all their custom story bits and pieced together the plot entirely from Mast's database of pre-approved dialogue modules. There was a chance the algorithm was glitching on some novel bit of Thicket's wordplay, a joke or metaphor the system couldn't parse. This rewrite was returned with the warning that a nearly identical script had already been submitted by someone else. Probably one of the bots that generated millions of combinations of standard-issue story bits, like Mankey's typing after Shakespeare. Numb. Forlorn. But also filled with a clarifying zen calm, Thicket pulled up a fourteenth blank document. 
The Starbucks was almost empty now. The foxes on the wall had fallen asleep in their armchairs. The barista was glancing at Thicket with concern. Thicket reflected on their own hubris, the belief that they had seen the deep code. No combination of franchises had taken Thicket more than nine drafts to get right, not Encyclopedia Brown in the case of the Giant Peach, nor Power Ranges slash Overwatch. Ultimate team-up. They weren't the voice of their generation. They were washed up. Just who was Detective Pikachu? Who was the Predator? Why were they destined to do battle? Why did either of them have a stake in this fallen, fucked-up hell world? You okay, hun? Can I get you anything? The barista had wandered over to wipe down the tables, and it was obvious. Check on Thicket. She had tiny, funky glasses and a cute nose tattoo of a bumblebee. Thicket appreciated that she'd said anything and not anything else. I'm great. Thanks, Thicket said. What you working on? Detective Pikachu versus Predator. It's really kicking my ass. She peered at the blank document. That's cool. Does the Predator join Team Rocket or something? I tried that. Didn't get it right, though. At least not for the machine. The algo has all these metrics about quip frequency and dialogue novelty and narrative structure and fan service. And you have to balance them all just right, and I... Thicket choked up. I want to tell a real story, you know? A story that actually means something, that says something true about life. I just feel trapped. Thicket put their forehead down on the table. The barista patted their back. There, there. Can't you just skip it? Do another franchise? But I did all the research. Thicket moaned. I really believed in this one. Detective Pikachu versus Predator had so much potential. Lovable characters, a rich world, real pathos and stakes. And everyone loves Pokémon, right? Sure, the barista shrugged. My little sister is crazy for them. The barista held her hand chest high to indicate the sister's approximate size. That's exactly my target demo! Thicket wailed. Say, would your little sister happen to have any life-changing insights about Pokémon detectives? Or predators? Could we call her? If Thicket were writing their own life, the barista would be the perfect B-story character to provide them with the key to getting out of this dark night of the soul. But the barista just pursed her lips. I don't think so. She headed back to the counter. I'll be on until six if you need anything else. The windowless cafe grew claustrophobic, all that work stymied by the machinic indifference of the algorithm, voice of their generation, silenced and caved. Then something untwisted in Thicket's mind. Sleep deprivation and creative frustration suddenly harmonized. Ley lines of meaning twanged like a strummed guitar, Thicket lifted their head, started typing and swiping, 
they pulled together a rough amalgam of the best scenes from their previous 13 drafts, all of which shared the same cynical core insight. Thicket barely registered the next 40 minutes. Next thing they knew, they were hitting send on draft 14. In the bathroom again, Thicket scrubbed their hands up to the elbow, ran wet fingers through their dye-itched hair. When they came back out, the email was waiting. Congratulations, it said, followed by fireworks and thumbs-up emojis. Your contribution has been accepted. You can now view your story in the massed Deep Make archives. Thicket tapped play on the link and watched the movie start to finish. It barely scratched sixty minutes and the textures still rendering pushed towards the uncanny, but too thicket. It was pixel perfect. You don't scare me, alien, Woody Harrelson, as Detective Pikachu said in the film's climactic moments, because Pokemon are always hunted, always prey, and when we're caught, we aren't killed. That'd be a mercy. We're zapped into perfect cages, numbered and catalogued, carried around in some punk's pocket. And when we're let out... We do whatever they want, fight whatever they want, even though they never tell us why. Maybe we even enjoy it, just a chance to excel at something, no matter how constrained and arbitrary. We want to be the very best, because the alternative is being unseen, unheard in that little ball forever. The trainers are the real predators. You're just a tourist. After that, the ending was bittersweet. Thicket was crying again. They didn't know why. On the walls, the sleeping foxes were stirring as sunlight began to peek in through cartoon windows. Thicket packed up their things, cleared away the refuse of too many hours. As they left the Starbucks, the barista avoided eye contact, but Thicket hardly cared. Thicket felt glad that this last draft was the one that had made it. Maybe no one else would ever see it. No one would know that Thicket was the voice of their generation. It didn't matter. They'd done the work. Outside, it was that blurry morning dark. Waiting at the cold bus stop, Thicket pulled out their tablet again opened their submissions spreadsheet, entered, accepted. In the row below was the next combination, Detective Pikachu meets Scrappy-Doo. Thicket opened a masked story and began to swipe. Welcome back. You've been listening to Paul Bamer reading Voice of Their Generation by Andrew Dana Hudson. We hope you enjoyed it. If so, please help spread the word by leaving a review or rating at iTunes or the social media venue of your choice. Our editor is John Joseph Adams, and his podcast is copyright 2020 by Lightspeed Magazine. As a listener to this podcast, you know that we publish it and most of the rest of our content for free online. 
If you don't already support our Hugo Award-winning journal, please consider checking out our many options, including ebook subscriptions and recurring patronage via Patreon at lightspeedmagazine.com support. Lightspeed is sponsored this month by John Joseph Adams Books, a science fiction fantasy imprint of Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, whose current feature titles are Chosen Ones, the first novel for adults by number one New York Times bestselling author Veronica Roth, and later in April 2020, Creatures of Charm and Hunger by Molly Tanzer. Skyboat Media, the most respected independent audio production team on the West Coast, produces the stories for this podcast. They are headed by the Audi and Grammy Award-winning narrators Stefan Rutnicki and Gabrielle DeCure. Be sure to check out their website at skyboatmedia.com. Post-production was by yours truly. Our music and sound logos were composed and performed by Jack and Cade. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. See you on the Bitstream. I'm Jim Freund wishing you cheers from all of us at Lightspeed. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.